I've made it my my life's mission to be able to protect myself and to protect others. Danger is seen as violent and violent is seen as evil, but that's not always the case now, is it? Can you be a humble beast? You know, knowing how to control oneself and deploy whatever skill set they need to to help them win, whether it's on the street or on the battlefield, using violence in context appropriately to save your own butt or save somebody else's, it, it's, it is crucial for society. It's up to us as men to be informed, to do the right thing, to arm ourselves with good intelligence, good education, good skill sets, so we can pass the torch on to our sons and daughters and our future generations so they can secure, they can secure the freedom that we have as well. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Sovereign Men Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou. We have a very special guest here for you today. Um, today's guest is a man who is all about helping folks learn how to safely, responsibly use firearms. He's known as the Gun Life Coach. He also helps set up firing ranges and is someone who really, truly understands the importance of being able to protect in the trinity of what men need to do for their families, provide, preside, and protect. This man is an expert in the third. Welcome to the show, Stephen. Hey, good morning. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me, buddy. Well, thanks for being on the show, man. Great to have you here. Yes, so, sir. So look, um, first thing I want us to get into really is this whole question of protect. Like one of the things that I think the dark forces, the insidious forces are doing is they're attempting to um, basically have folks um, forget about manhood and masculinity. They're saying masculinity is toxic, masculinity is bad. And yeah, one of the things that they say is toxic is that men are quote unquote violent, toxic masculinity is violent. And I think that, well, they're 100% incorrect, number one. But number two, you know, Jordan Peterson put it like this. He said that, um, you know, there is, uh, there is a distinction between a nice man um, and a good man. And right. he said a nice man um, is not a good man um, because a nice man, you know, is just putting on a mask of niceness in order to go out there in the world. Uh, right. and, uh, and be seen and perceived a certain way. So it's a form of virtue signaling. While a good man, you know, is a dangerous man who's got it under voluntary control. Yeah. So wanted to know your thoughts on all this and why you're so passionate about firearms and the importance of people learning how to use firearms. Yeah. Um, wow. Where do I begin? Uh, that's, that's a good opener too, because I, I was going to bring that up. Being, being a dangerous man and how that is seen as danger is, is seen as violent and violent is seen as evil, but that's not always the case now, is it? Because good men need to understand 
how to be dangerous and implore violence in its context appropriately for what you said, you know, for their own protection or for those that are anyone that's around them. It's not the ultimate duty that, you know, every man has to learn how to shoot a firearm. And that's not my point um, with the gun life coach. My, my point is to help people win in life. That's why I like to say that I want to help people win in life and on the range. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, uh, that's the gift that God's given me. And I've been able to be in that career now for 28 years, but uh, I have a phrase that goes along with everything that we're talking about right now. And it's called being a humble beast. Can you be a humble beast? You know, knowing how to control oneself and, and, and deploy, deploy whatever skill set they need to, to help them win, whether it's on the street or on the battlefield uh, or for a law enforcement officer to be able to use all his skill sets and goodness gracious, God bless them. I, in my career, I've, I've seen enough and the, the thousands of officers that I've had to help, they have to be extremely controlled and because of all the policies and politics and, and not to mention, you know, not, you know, everybody deserves the presumption of innocence, but at the same time, people still have to go to jail and they have to be controlled to, uh, to face, to face their consequences. So, um, I don't know if that gives you a, a, <laughs> a lot there, but um, that's just where my head's going this morning. Well, let's let's so, let, let, let's, let's talk about what you said, because I'm going to push back a little. I think everybody should have a gun. I think every man should have a gun. Um, I, I um, uh, my late aunt lived in a city in Georgia uh, named Kennesaw, Georgia. And Kennesaw, Georgia became famous because. In the 70s, the town of Morton Grove, Illinois, passed an ordinance forbidding any household from owning a gun. And the city fathers of Kennesaw, being good, God-fearing folk, said, oh, the United States is out of balance, so we're going to pass an ordinance requiring every household to have a gun. Now, there were exemptions a mile long. You know, you could get an exemption if you needed one. But they were trying to make a point here. And here's the interesting thing. Statistics Crime statistics in Kennesaw after this ordinance were passed is folks did not come and try right. to commit a lot of crimes in Kennesaw because they knew they could get shot yeah, by the homeowner. Right, right. You know, point in case, Nick, um, I, I, uh, I started teaching concealed handgun for civilians way back in the, in the 90s when it first came available in Texas. And... Um, when Florida was the first, who was the first state to open up the concealed carry licensing, violent, violent personal crime went down exponentially, like by 70 some percent, because now criminals got the, got the hint that, oh, wow, if I go into this convenience store, I could get shot or the lady that's walking down the street might have a gun, you know, an armed society is a polite society. And we have heard that uh, over and over again. And you know, I'm going to go back on uh, what you said about uh, what I said earlier about, you know, not everyone, you know, should have a gun. Well, I'm, I'm meaning those that are incapable of being able to handle a gun. There are there are many facets to that, whether it's mental capacity or physical ability or what have you. Um, but if you're a if you're a good person, a good sound minded person, you definitely should have the ability to to grab one and get on the range and learn how to use one. It's just like a fire extinguisher or a parachute. It's not that we have to 
It's not that we want to have, want to use it all the time, but if we have to use it as a tool of last resort, then we should be, we should have that right to do so. And that right is slowly slipping away. Uh, it's taking a long time, but I, I do not like, I do not like where it's going uh, with just the, the little, the little cracks that they're trying to put in and the scratches that they're putting into to the second amendment to deplete it of what it, what it really is. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah. it, it, it appears that um, at least in the upcoming uh, midterm elections for Congress, um, there is going to be a big pushback against wokeism and progressivism. Yeah, it sure seems that way. And the assault on the Second Amendment. And I've been reading up on um, some, uh, you know, actual news sites, not not the uh, adjuncts to the Democrat Party that call themselves right. news sites, but actual news sites like just the news. John Solomon is an actual website. They do hard news. Um, and they they printed up. Uh, um, they posted a couple articles saying that some major Democrat um, groups that invest in races have basically abandoned a couple dozen house races that have been Democrat House races in the past. So they're basically writing them off. They, they're not putting any more money into them because they don't believe they can win those races. So yeah. the House is going to flip. The question is, how big a flip is it going to be, right? Yeah. But the House is going Republican, which basically means the progressives' attempts to do things federally are dead in the water. I mean, sure, uh, the President uh, Asterix over there, uh, yeah. he can... Uh, he can try to do some things uh, through executive order, but that's going to get challenged and it's not going to go anywhere. Right. And, um, you know, right. last I, I checked, I was reading up on a bunch of Senate races and it, it, it does appear that um, the Republicans will take the Senate as well, narrowly uh, compared to the house, but they're going to, they're going to take the Senate. So, I mean, I think like, I, I, I don't know, you're from Arizona, right? I mean, uh, yep. yeah, your, your home state right now, there was a, there was a um, a debate between the the Democrat uh, Mark Kelly and the Republican Blake Masters, and exactly. yeah, I, I I don't think Mark Kelly looked too good. I, I don't think that guy's got a good shot at. You know, he lost that debate pretty decisively, I thought. Yeah, yeah, um, you know it's uh, it's interesting. Um, I was talking to my kids the other day, and they're like. Wow, Mark Kelly, he sounds really conservative. It's like, yeah, on the surface, when you look at his commercials in here, here in Arizona, he's a veteran, he's an astronaut, he talks about patriotism, but then you go to his policies and it's, it's extremely liberal and, and they're not at all helpful for, for preserving our rights or keeping things balanced in a budget or you know, just spending money. And I, yeah, so you got to dig deep and people don't they don't really pay attention as much as they should. Um, Blake, Mon Blake Masters is a newcomer uh, to Arizona. And I think if he were here longer, I think that would help give him a little more momentum. Um, sure. But uh, I thought he, I thought he did. I thought he did pretty well in the debate. He really yeah. did. I thought he wiped the floor with Kelly. I mean, that yeah. was honestly, uh, if not for how horrible Kelly is, I would have felt bad for him, you know, cause yeah. he was losing so badly. Like, I saw I saw clip after clip and I'm going, huh, buddy, you're getting killed here. 
<laughs> kill the earth. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that's that's it's always comforting. It's always comforting when when our guy wins, you know. So yeah. we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, in your your Arizona governor your governor's fair. race, um, yeah. the Democrat is afraid of of um, debating, debating the Republican. Katie Hobbs yeah. will not debate Carrie Lake. Now I don't know. Even people who don't pay attention to politics much, they're not going to like that. They're not going to go. Why won't you go stand up next to her? You know right. what I mean. They're going to yeah. just go, why won't you do that? Like that, that'll, and they're hammering her over that, right? I mean, there's ads being run about, hey, Katie Hobbs won't debate us. What's she hiding? What's well, she hiding? She I mean, that, she, right. And she didn't do that in the last race either. Um, and she's painting the, the, the smear campaign that's going on. She's, she's painting a picture of, well, Carrie Lake is so radical and so extreme that, you know, I can't even, I don't even have to go there. You know, that's, that's the stance that she's. I, I understand, but that doesn't, you know, the average person will go, the average person who's not like we call them a low information voter, they're, they're just going to go and go, well, you know, okay, nice. But you know, this is election time and that is the other major party candidate and right. um, extreme or not, you have a chance to expose her if that's the truth. Right. Right. If that's the truth. You got a chance to expose her. And if it's not the yeah. truth, make her look even more radical, make her look right, even right. And that'll help and you prove, prove your point, prove, prove your, point. your point. Now, you, you, you know, when you say you won't debate, everyone everybody i mean little kids are gonna go what are you hiding what are you scared right. of like you chicken exactly. <laughs> like that's that's come on that, that's not that is not a good look for her i frankly no. think that cost her the election right there <laughs> just between you and me yeah i don't know if she's gonna do well at all so yeah we we've had some huge rallies here the support here in arizona from where i sit and i try to be as pragmatic as possible you know, trying to take everything in, but man, we have, we have over, we have over a half a million veterans here in this state. It's a very, very, uh, very rich with veterans and second amendment guys and conservatives all over the state. And it's just, uh, um, I I think Katie Hobbs also is not helping herself because, you know, her office, um, she, she, she she did she said a couple of racist things about both blacks and latinos really you know, oh i didn't hear that oh wow. buddy you should go dig that up and post it all over the place <laughs> i mean just wow. i'll tell you like um uh, it, it's um uh, carrie lake is talking about uh, uh, her office being sued for racial bias under her leadership twice oh. <laughs> wow. um uh so uh, and she's carrie also lake or katie hobbs Katie Hobbs is being sued. Carrie oh, Lake's not, doesn't, was not. Yeah. Carrie Lake is trumpeting the fact that this is oh, happening. trumpeting that. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's basically saying, so she's hiding something because she won't debate me and she's right. being sued for racism. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> right. So. Yeah. That's why it's important for us as men um, to be able to take our stand, you know, and, and we have to take our stand and, and voice our concerns and voice our voice our opinions and our experience to, to help, uh, to help rally other men and especially our sons and our daughters and, and other men around us to encourage them to, to be who they're supposed to be in life. You know, whether it's politics or, or, or values, people need to be informed. Men need to be informed. It's, 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 uh, it's our responsibility to be intelligent about the issues to be intelligent about our society and and it's okay to speak up and not be nice now i'm you know we can be polite but it doesn't mean we have to be nice nice no time to be nice is kind of done i think inside yeah. of the political sphere
I believe in the West there is right now a, um, a philosophical civil war taking place. And yeah. um, the battle is between the philosophy of freedom and the philosophy of tyranny, as it has always been. The tyrants these days are getting better at hiding their true motives and intentions. But, uh, you know, the patriots need to expose them. And anyways, at least in this election, I think it's happening, you know. Um, and it, it's, it's just funny to me how President Trump's uh, rallies are enthusiastically embraced by Republican candidates while Democratic candidates are telling Joe Biden to stay away. <laughs> it's yeah. just just stay at home. Stay yeah. at home. Go back to the basement, buddy. We don't need you. <laughs> yeah. Know, let, let's scary. let's circle back into yeah. into firearms, men, uh, and and the the importance of learning how to use them, and and why the mentality of being able to protect uh, those you love the most is important. Um, you know, I um, I just got some shocking news today. I have a friend who lives in South Carolina, a woman, fifty two years old. She was murdered over the weekend. Oh, really? In her own home, and uh, wow. you know, she was a friend to me and my lady, and. Um, we're both shocked. Mm. Um, and I wish she was, you know, m married to a good man because I know she was looking for a good man and yeah. I wish that she was uh, alive. Right. And, and someone had been there to protect her, you, you yeah. know, uh, or at the very least she had had a way to protect herself because it's absolutely right. horrible to see such a thing happen. And I, I, I think, um, I think that's what makes, uh, gun ownership and the responsible use of guns so important in this day and age. And, and, and I really would love to hear you expound on that more. Well, that is unfortunate. And that's, that's an all too common statistic. Yeah. You know, what do we, what do we say when we hear things like that, Nick, man, if they only had a gun, we don't hear man, if they only called nine one one, Oh man, if they only had a broom or a golf club, no, what do we say? man, if they only had a gun. And then what I'd say after that is, man, if they only had a gun and they knew how to use it to protect themselves, it is a tool of last resort. And going back a little bit on your night, we talked about being nice. We have, we have neutered a lot of uh, children and this, these last, last two generations, in my opinion, we have neutered them from, from thinking that it's okay to use violence. Um, there's a great book out there called when violence is the answer by Tim Larkin. Tim Larkin. I know him. He's a friend of mine. Oh, oh yeah. On the oh, show. Wow. That's, that's awesome. I don't know him at all, but I have read his books and, um, it's so appropriate being not, not that I'm some, you know, big badass or whatever, but I've had my share, um, on the street and, you know, being, being capable of using violence in context appropriately to save your own butt or save somebody else's it's, it is crucial for society. And if, and if men had the cojones to go to get off their couch, get off their remote control, get off their ass and get into the gym, get onto the range and, and really live to be a full fledged humble beast is what I like to call it, you know, and be able to protect oneself. It is okay. You don't get out your damn phone. You put, you throw hands on people and you, you put them, you put them on the ground, whether it's temporarily or permanently, if they are committing evil to somebody else. And it's, it should be very okay 
for us to have that mindset so we can help save somebody else. And, and the, the mentality that these kids and colleges and schools are taught where, you know, if, uh, if, if they're being bullied, they just need to go away and they can't even defend themselves. We're neutering our children. We're neutering yeah. our boys from being men. You know, it's okay to punch somebody in the face when you're being confronted with violence, you know, and that's my stance on that. You know, it's, it's okay to carry your firearm, know how to use it, know how to use it when you're under pressure and be able to put around downrange and stop evil. Period. Damn straight, man. Damn straight. Um, you and know, that, that's my, that's my passion. I, I want people to understand that there is more to owning a gun than just having it sit in the safe. There's more than it's more to owning a gun than, well, yeah, I got my little lady a gun and I got a gun in the truck. Yes. But when it comes to that, when, when shit hits the fan, excuse my French, when shit hits the fan, do you know how to use it in a subconscious manner to where you're not thinking about what's at the end of your hand? And what you're thinking about is who is my threat? Where is my threat? How do I become safe? Where's my bullet going to go after it port after it punches through this guy's torso? And is it going to be, is it going to go in a safe direction? So I'm not creating collateral damage or other property damage. You know, I need to be thinking about how to get my wife down behind an engine block. I need to be thinking about making sure my kids are pushing a shopping cart and going in another direction. If I have to handle something, these are all of the, all of these things are what we need to be thinking about consciously because subconsciously the gun has to do its job. And I don't have to go, "Mm, did I put a round in the chamber? Did I take the safety off? Oh, I got to level out my front sight. You don't have time to think about that. And so my job, in my career is to help push people into a into a proper subconscious performance manner so they can operate their gun when that day comes, whether they're in law enforcement or when I've taught special operations or, you know, any type of DOD or the hundreds of thousands of civilians that I've had the pleasure of teaching over the last 28 years and driving that home for them to be able to do that is, is really, is really my, that's my, that's my passion. That's my objective. So Stephen, it's important, I think, for people to not just buy a gun, but actually learn how to use it. You go uh, and, and take the appropriate courses to learn how to use it, to learn how to be safe with the gun too, obviously, because the, the last thing you want to do is not have the knowledge to be safe with your gun and have it accidentally discharge and hurt or heaven forbid, right. kill somebody. Right. So yeah. all those are important. And, and how do people go about finding out about how to do that sort of thing? Well, I mean, there's, there are fortune. Well, here in Arizona, here in Arizona, there's a lot of resources and uh, there are, there are really good training groups out there and instructors. And we've got several ranges here, indoor and outdoor. Um, But I, I think to answer your question, for someone that is very unknown, you know, they're, they're, they don't have a clue. I mean, they, they don't know how to spell gun. Let's just say, that's what I say. They don't know how to spell gun yet. Um, it can be a little intimidating. It can be a little intimidating for someone to walk into a gun store and go, I don't know. I mean, think about that with the fragile male ego and, and um, guys walk in and, you know, they feel stupid because all these other guys, they, they're already in the know. And so it can be a little intimidating. I'll tell people, I tell people this, look, you got to start somewhere. There are resources online. You can go to, I mean, you can go to my channel, but you can go to a lot of other places to find out, hey, 
what's the what's the I just need to understand some basic gun safety rules. You can go to the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the NRA NRA websites. There are hosts of hosts of firearms classes that are around this country. By the way, we're putting out a mil we're selling a million guns a month for almost 38 months straight now. We are still selling, but people are still buying firearms by the by the millions now every month. And that tells me that, and I, I don't want to get off track here, that tells me that it's more than just conservatives that are buying guns. We have, we have people that are going, huh, maybe it's a good idea. And I've encountered them. And I've had them in my classes. They, they, might, they might have been extremely liberal in their politics, but they're like, wow, maybe it's time that I should get a gun for my home because of the way the nature of violence is growing in our in our country and the lack of law enforcement that's on the streets and it is up to you to save your own butt you know no one's coming to save you you're going to have to save yourself and that's going to start with an education that's going to start with safety yeah, and that's yeah. going to start with you learning what gun may be appropriate for you and know how to use it sure. and then progress in those skills so you can be comfortable confident and violent when you need to be well, Steve, I like everything you said, but I'm going to push back on that phrase, fragile male ego. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately, that is one of the phrases that's coming to the lexicon designed to kind of put men down, designed to like make men look bad. And even good men like you who are masculine in every way, it's just been seeping through us to the culture. There's nothing fragile about the male ego, first of all. A man's ego, um, and I'll just give you a quick kind of like... Uh, traditional lesson on it uh because i think it's important a man's ego is a good thing properly harnessed and under control it's your ego that will give you the push to get up and go to go out there and make your goals come true an out of control ego is a bad thing because an out of control ego makes you do things that are going to destroy relationships and, and prevent you from being humble enough to learn what you need to learn in order to be successful. But there's nothing fragile good about point. a man's ego. A man's a man. And it's a yeah. good thing that a man has an ego. And, uh, you know, we, um, we want to make sure that uh, the culture's misandry against men isn't something we perpetuate uh, uh, on this show to be sure, but out there in the world. So oh, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, a phrase that I've I started using, I don't know, however many years ago, last couple of years was never let your arrogance succeed your ignorance. Yeah, that really is. And that uh, would help you that would that would go that would coincide with what you're saying about the ego, yeah. right? Yeah. We have to be in context, you know, yeah. and keep it and keep it in control. Going back to my humble beast, my humble yeah, beast. yeah, hundred percent. Um, I also think that, you know, in the United States, um, you've got the Second Amendment where I live in Canada. There's no such thing. And if you want to get a gun, you have to jump through a bunch of hoops. I took all the courses last year and I didn't end up sending my paperwork in. And that's something I got. I got to remedy ASAP. But, um, uh, you know, one of the things that. uh, you and and, uh, and 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 folks from the United States, uh, I think, uh, should know is that the the right to have a gun isn't available everywhere in the world. So for those of us who don't have easy access to a gun because of the laws here, what would be your advice on what they can do to still be able to protect themselves and those that they love, a la Tim Larkin and when violence is the answer? 
So you're saying, oh, for those people that are not in the United States, is that what you're Correct. saying? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, I have to shift mindsets when I when I go overseas, and I've been overseas a lot. Um, you know, I don't, I can't take a gun with me overseas, right? No. So now I have to, now I have to, ed, I have to be educated with. I've got to have a lot more intel about my surroundings because it's not my culture, it's not my environment, or whatever. I have to figure out and. It, it, it seems a little unconventional, but okay, what kind of edged weapon can I take with me? What kind of tool that I can use with that I can use that's already there at a hotel, at a resort? What, how are my fighting skills? Not that I ever want to fight again, but I may have to, you know, and you have to, you've, you've got to educate yourself and you got to have skills. Napoleon Dynamite said that you got to have skills. Man's got to have skills. No question about it. Have skills, right? And so, you know, I I've made it, I've made it my my life's mission to be able to protect myself and to protect others. You know, I grew up in martial arts. I grew up, you know, training in the military and being a law enforcement officer and and evolving my skills for for you know whether it's martial arts or when I was teaching Krav Maga and I got to do a lot of the Krav and taught Krav for years and. Um, that's a very good way to learn very quickly. And I know Krav has been popular now for, for probably in the last 15, 20 years, it's grown exponentially because you can take somebody with a very, very small amount of ability, ability and, and get them to perform drills and skills. That's going to save their booty in, in seconds, because there's no joke with Krav We're we're playing, you're playing for keeps with Krav. And, and there are others like that, all right? And I know there's other facets of Krav. And actually, I've got some really good friends that are Krav Maga instructors in Canada. And um, I'll cool. tell you that uh, it's a very big eye-opener. And I love seeing the change. I've had the privilege of teaching rape victims, teenagers, male and female uh, adults that have been victimized in several different types of ways. And the empowerment that they receive from having that skill set unarmed, unarmed defense that those skill sets there it's very it's very uh empowering and it helps embolden people to understand how they can how they can protect themselves even without a gun and they go through gun disarms and how to protect yourself from being attacked with a knife and then if someone's on top of you how to parry a blow and it's there's there's a lot to it of course but um i would encourage people to get into something like that uh, jiu-jitsu at the, at a minimum, if they can do something like that, depending on their, their age and ability, but you've got to have skills, arm yourself and intelligence is everything. We teach people to be, a, to be aware first and then to avoid, because there are things, if your spidey senses are up, if you're, if you really are paying attention on the street, you can tell, you can tell, and you use your gift of fear to go, you know what? I'm supposed to go left, but I probably need to go right right now. Maybe it's just better if I go to the next gas station. Maybe it's just better if I stay on this side of the street. Use those. Use those skills because something like that can save your life very, very easily. So uh, that's what I would encourage people to get get an education, learn some skills, even if they're basic. You never know how, you know, strike learning a couple different strikes even at 60 some years old 60 70 some years old can save your life yeah amen brother amen no really really well said really well said and uh i think in every country um canada the united states the uk australia new zealand 
uh, every Western country, it's important that you understand that there is a philosophical civil war going on between the forces of darkness and the forces of light. And yeah. you need to educate yourself enough to get involved in politics, uh, not just by voting, but possibly even by running in elections, you know, by helping certain candidates win. And uh, like, I mean, it's a good thing that, you, you know, in your home state, of Arizona, there seems to be some good momentum going on for um, uh, folks like Blake Masters and Carrie Lake. Um, yeah. In Canada, we just elected, uh, um, selected as a shape, as I should say, the new leader of the Conservative Party, Pierre Polyev. He, he, he said that his objective was to become prime minister of Canada and make Canada the freest nation on earth. I'm going to tell you that's powerful. And yeah. it made me uh, buy a conservative party membership, which I'd never done before. <laughs> and wow. I voted for him and I gave him money and I encouraged other people to do the same. I think it's fantastic. I think it's important uh, to help uh, Pierre and folks like him win here uh, in Canada. And I think in the United States, you folks need to keep doing what you're doing. You know, it's great that you're doing what you're doing in Arizona. And, and I, um, I'm very hopeful that the Republican Party will defeat the Democrats in this election yeah. uh, for Congress. And I believe that uh, many major governorships are going to go the Republicans way as well. And it's not that I'm a, a fan of a party per se. It's just that the Democrats right now, honestly, are more of a fascist party to me rather than the traditional liberal Democratic Party, you know, yeah. um, and the Republicans, uh, in some cases, the Republican candidates are great. In some cases, they're not that great. But yeah. compared to the alternative, they're spectacular, <laughs> you know. Sure. You know, um, I really I, I. There's a phrase I like to use, and I think I got it from my wife who got it from a Brene Brown book. And it's, or I, I think that's what it was. It's called Be Clear as Kind. Um, you know, to be, to speak truthful and to be clear about your intentions of your thoughts and how you're trying to communicate with something is, to someone is very important. And we as men need to be able to do that. Follow me here. Which, what I'm trying to say is, it's okay to speak up. It's okay to speak up and voice your opinion. Everybody else is doing it. So why not you? You know, you know, and I applaud you for you have an uphill, you've had an uphill battle getting the word out and promoting patriotism in Canada and helping men and helping others have, grab get their voice and promote conservative values, promote, you know, faith and family and freedom, if I if I may. And, and I, I think that's, uh, that is very, very admirable. And there needs to be more people like you that are doing that in your country because of the, the darkness that exists there and the lack of freedom and, and everything else they're trying to strip away up there. And, and that, can happen, that can happen very quickly here in the United States if we, if we do not understand the intentions of our politicians and do not understand the policies that are being written and voted on. And we just flip through our phones and like, like it's nothing and don't really pay attention. I think it's up to us to speak up. It's up to us to voice our opinions and, and understand why we have those opinions, not just because it's been fed to us, but really know what the hell yeah. we're talking about and know how and know how to um, um, communicate that effectively to others. So that's, I appreciate that. I think 
we all need to be aware that freedom isn't free. It's not our birthright per se. Right. We have to, we have to be an informed citizenry. Every citizen needs to take the time to understand the issues that they face at a local level, at a state level or a provincial level, uh, and at a national level. And we need to care enough to be involved, not just by voting, but by helping to bring the right people forward as candidates and supporting them financially. And in some cases, we should even get involved by running for office ourselves, you yeah. know, because if we don't do that, then the forces of darkness, they're going to do it because they see the path to power. They're excited to get that power and wield it over us. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's, it's really. very important that we get involved and that good people, people of goodwill, um, are the ones that are in charge. Because if not, you know, you're going to have a horrible thing. I mean, in Canada uh, this year, earlier this year, there was something called uh, the Freedom Convoy led by a bunch of truckers. I met a couple of them, um, oh, yeah. got to know them. One of them uh, I brought on my other show. And the government um, passed, invoked something called the Emergencies Act, which is supposed to be invoked during wartime. And they basically used it to um, crush these protests. They sent uh, armed police, riot police on horseback. And there's an image, a video image of a woman, an, a 70, 80-year-old woman with a walker walking forward. And this riot cop riding that horse ran her down. And I'm like, in fucking Canada? Are you fucking kidding me? I want to know who that son of a bitch is. And he needs to go to fucking jail. He needs to be stripped of his, uh, of his office as a, as a police officer. And he needs to go to jail. And, the, and, the, and the, the chief of police that authorized this, Stephen Bell, needs to be stripped of his rank. And he needs to go on trial and go to jail as well for allowing this to happen. Yeah, that's deplorable. That's, oh, my God. That is evil. That is straight up evil, straight yeah. up evil. And to me, that's why I got involved in politics, man. After yeah. I saw that, I said, screw this. I'm not just going to be a business dude and I'll vote. Nope. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and help select who our leader is going to be. And I, and I, um, and I saw Pierre Polyev. I've been following him for a while. And I thought, okay, this dude, this is somebody I can get behind. And thankfully yeah. a lot of other people felt the same way. And you know, his, um, his speech has caught on like wildfire, uh, you know, and he built a movement and platform growing. You think, sorry, his platform is growing. You, th you believe oh, hugely. If, if you That's look great. him up, P Pierre Polyev. Okay. Uh, P O I uh, L I E V R E Pierre Polyev. If you go on Instagram and you look him up and you watch a few of his, uh, his clips, you'll see he's, he's, he's a man who stands for freedom. He's not a conservative, you know, quote unquote, as much yeah. as he is somebody who believes in freedom. And he is, he is right now, I think, Canada's last best hope for defeating the forces of totalitarianism. Wow. And, and, you know, for, for me, I believe we're going to win. I believe we're going to win the next election. I believe he's going to be our next prime minister, uh, you know, unless Justin Trudeau resigns now and someone else from his party temporarily takes over. Um, mm -hmm. He will, and the Conservative Party will be the, the party that... Um, uh, wins the next election, in my opinion, and it's important for 
for us to, to be fighting for folks like Polyev to be in charge in Canada. And it's important for you to be fighting for folks like Blake Masters and Carrie Lake and right. Mehmet Oz and, uh, you know, Herschel Walker uh, to be elected to positions of power. And, you know, a lot of people uh, in the U.S. Um, are starting to wake up to that fact, I believe. Yeah, they are. They are. They I think are. that I think, I think uh, a lot of people who voted for Joe Biden have got buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse, and I think um, I'm hoping, I think, and I hope that people are understanding the level of deception that's being that's being delivered. Oh, it, that is the the goal is deception, and and yeah. there's so there's so much of it on so many levels. It's misinformation, disinformation. And if we understand how evil works, and this is my faith belief that it is all deception. There's, there, there is so much deception that's happening that people don't know what to believe. So if you throw out 50,000 things out there, like, well, what is the truth? Well, what is the truth? You know, and so it gets it just confuses people and they don't realize what to what level and extent that they will go to retain power and to retain control over over the people. Yes, and sir. that's why it's up to us as men to be informed, to do the right thing to arm ourselves with good intelligence, good education, good skill sets, so we can pass the torch on to our sons and daughters and our future generations so they can secure they can secure the freedom that we have as well. Brother Amen, super well said. And, um, you know, we brought you on here to talk about the importance of, uh, of responsible gun ownership and arming yourself to a man. And uh, I think we went down the philosophical road yeah, You know, a, a man to me is sovereign. And that's what we call this podcast, the sovereign man podcast. A man to me is sovereign um, when he applies sovereignty to the five important areas of his life. First of all, he's got to be physically sovereign. So that means he's, he's, you know, healthy and not relying on others to, to be able right. to get around and live and do all that. Secondly, he's got to be financially sovereign. You got to be able to pay your own bills and not rely on the government or anybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, thirdly, you got to be emotionally sovereign. And to me, that means you, you can't need anybody. You can want people in your life, but you can't need people. You know what I mean? You can't yeah. be this whiny, clingy person. You got to be spiritually sovereign. You got to have a relationship with your creator, I think, uh, yeah. and, and not be taken in by the BS that there's no such thing as a creator. And then yeah. finally, you got to be intellectually sovereign, which means you need to think for yourself, not yeah. allow uh, the government or the the news media, which honestly in the United States right now, the majority of the traditional news media is an adjunct of the Democrat party. They are not uh, hard news organizations anymore. They're not trying to get you the news the way that they once were. So I think it's important not to let your opinions be opinions that those folks are telling you, you should have, you should think for yourself. If you're not thinking for yourself, you can't be sovereign. Yeah. 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 Being codependent is not being codependent in many ways. We just let that's the problem. A lot of people just filter through whatever they have on their phones and let it spew out. And then all of a sudden they take to that belief with that groupthink mentality. And that is that's right. That's not being sovereign. You know, you're talking about your your five uh, your five ways to be a sovereign man. I'm 
I apologize if I just butchered that up. But five pillars of sovereignty, brother. <laughs> five pillars of sovereignty. Okay. Well, um, I uh, I came up with this this five key elements of success to lead, build, fight, conquer, and explore. And how anyone, but I mean, this was more geared towards men, but it, it is for anybody. We should be leading ourselves well, and we should be leading others well. And I'm going to keep it shorter because for sake of time and, and understand who's within our care and how are we really being a leader? Doesn't mean you have to be some huge leader up on a stage, but we are, we can be leaders and we should be leading, leading at least ourselves well. And what are we building? Are we building on our dreams? Are we building a foundation for our future? Are, are we building other people up? There's so many different ways I could go with that, but we should be building on things, not tearing things down. And how are we fighting? Do we know how to fight? What are we fighting for? And more importantly, what are we fighting against? And we, so there's a lot in that with learn, understanding how to fight and who to fight, when to fight. And then if, if, and then because we know how to fight, what are we conquering? Are we conquering our own demons in our lives? Are we conquering our goals? What are we putting in place so we can, we can be overcomers to our addictions, to our, the things that hold us down and hold us back? Are we conquering evil in society? And are we conquering what we need to, to be all that we were made to be? And then what are we exploring? How are we exploring? Are we just sitting on our ass, sitting on the couch, not not really doing anything, but just having a humdrum life? Or are we out there exploring, exploring new opportunities, exploring new ways for us to think, feel, have, have a deeper sense of faith? And are we exploring our own relationships, our own marriages, and, and knowing how to enrich them? And so that's my five key elements of success. And, I, and I, I've got a lot more work to do on that. I've, I've got some videos out there for it, and they're kind of teaser trailers. But um, Those are good. Came, I like them. Yeah, I, I just think it's really important for us to, and I know it sounds like a, a plan or, or some other, somebody else's, you know, everyone's got five this so what? and that so or what? whatever. That's but, smart, man. I teach but, people how to do that. But, you know, it, it puts things like in the you, When you and I first talked, I said, look, man, you got a lot of good stuff, but you got to put it into, into a package so people look at it. You actually listen. That's I'm right. glad. Yeah, so I'm doing it. I'm doing it, right? So, the, so my five key elements of success, and I think it's important for us to, you know, hey, there's some structure there. Like, wow, that makes me think, you know, and I've, I've had a lot of good feedback from it. So, um, you're going back to your point on your five pillars of, of the sovereign man. I mean, it's people need direction. And if people aren't going to step up, it's up to guys like us and many other great men out there like us to keep speaking up and to keep helping push people down or lead people down a path for their own success, whether it's in firearms ownership or for their family or for how we need to be in society and speaking up, you know, in, with the policies that are out there in, in, uh, in politics. So. Amen. Brother Powell. There you go. Amen. 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 Well Amen. said. Well said. Um, that was great, man. That was really, really great. Um, you definitely need to come back on the show and, um, Really sure. great to have you on, you know, really great, Thanks. great conversation. We were, we're uh, we began this episode talking about firearms and gun ownership, and we took a wonderful detour in, into <laughs> the world of uh, political philosophy yeah. and into the world of what it takes to be a sovereign man and what it takes to be a successful man. So I think this 
episode has something in it for everybody. So I'm excited. I'm glad that we got together and have this conversation. I'm looking forward to the next time we do it, brother. Catch you on the flip side. All right, buddy. Have a great one. Thanks a lot, Nick. Take it easy. Yeah, you too. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.